Now we go to question number 23. I'm Michael Pearl. We're here at the door located in Loveville, Tennessee. This is, uh, comes to you from No Greater Joy Ministries. I'm answering the questions that you have uh, sent in. And uh, Sherry writes, I want to know what you have to say about Seventh-day Adventists. They have some pretty good vegetables. My 20-year-old daughter is dating one, and I have tried to research and have found that some say they are a cult. Is this true? If so, what should we, her parents, do? Uh, all right. I did, I, I'd rather not have to answer this, but yeah, maybe I would. But you ask it, so I'm going to answer it. Uh, I have preached in Seventh-day Adventist churches, some, maybe five or six times to groups of Seventh-day Adventists. And I have found them delightful people. Uh, I have found that they have the best music around. Their music is generally better than the modern evangelical church. And uh, their radio stations, which they have, has some really good quality hymns with all the jazzing up and garbage that's coming across today. And uh, we've had Seventh-day Adventists attend here on a regular basis and come to our prayer meetings. And the ones that came were fine people, fine gentlemen. And so my answer is no, the Seventh-day Adventists as a whole are not a cult. As a movement, they're not a cult. What is a cult? A cult is where a, a Christian, so-called Christian organization, Christian movement, departs from the doctrines of Christ, soteriology, Christology, and denies that Jesus is God in some way, like the Jehovah's Witness or the Mormons, denies the blood atonement, denies the death, burial, and resurrection, denies the ascension into heaven and his second coming back, heaven and hell. Any group that denies that and promotes some alternate uh, Christology, doctrines of Christ, uh, and makes itself the sole beneficiary of the works of Christianity, that they're singularly the people of God, there no one else is, that's a cult. And uh, there are peripheral cults. I've <laughs> I was supposed to go on, go on to a wedding, ended up in a cult down in uh, Texas about six or eight years ago, and that was, <laughs> I, <laughs> I won't even tell you about that, but that was funny. Uh, and, and, and stressful, too, stressful. <laughs> they were so typical, so typical. All right, now what about the Seventh-day Adventists? Uh, the Seventh-day Adventists are fairly clear on atonement, as clear as the Methodists are or the Pentecostals. Not as clear as the Baptists, but as clear as the Methodists or the Pentecostals. Uh, clearer than the Church of Christ. But the Seventh-day Adventists... Uh, teach that you're saved by the finished work of Christ, by his death, burial, and resurrection. And so I believe a person can be genuinely born again through Seventh-day Adventist teaching and genuine Christians. Now, I have met some Seventh-day Adventists that were not saved, and they were adamant that I wasn't saved. And they had a works doctrine of salvation, and it was not a cult. It was just a terrible era in doctrine and theology and it kept them from being born again. Now, I've met them like that, but uh, I think I've met more of the uh, solid kind than that kind. Now, there are some problems. This woman asked, should she let her uh, son, uh, her daughter, 
marry this guy. I don't think you can stop it if she's old enough. But you might want a counselor. Go online and look up the Seventh-day Adventist teaching. They have 28 different uh, statements of faith, 28 points. And you have to agree with these 28 points in order to be baptized into the Seventh-day Adventist church. Now, to be baptized, one must confess three things to be baptized into the Seventh-day Adventist church. Number one, do you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, thus, thus, thus? That's a good one. That's a good one. Except there's one problem there. Do you accept him as your Lord? I don't know of anybody that's ever made Jesus the Lord of their life. But a lot of Baptists say the same thing. You don't, you don't really accept. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So it's a little simpler than that. But I won't, I won't haggle over that because most people get it wrong as well. Uh, the second thing, do you accept that, this is quote, do you accept the teaching of the Bible as expressed in the statement of fundamental beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist church? And do you pledge to live your life in harmony with these teachings? So those 28 fundamentals of their church includes Sabbath-keeping, belief in the divine inspiration of Ellen White's writing. She wrote over 40 books. And, uh, and belief in the investigative judgment that occurred in 1844. You say, what in the world is that? William Miller, a Baptist, got kind of Pentecostalish, and decided he had a vision that Christ was going to come back. He gave the date. And they all got worked up, sold their stuff, and got ready to, for the second coming. It didn't happen. So they uh, shifted their dates around, still didn't happen. You've, you see that in our lifetime, happened to different people. Some good people end up getting messed up like that. And so William Miller kind of fell by the wayside. I, I would too if I'd made such a big mistake like that. Uh, but a couple of his followers, one of them, Ellen White and another guy, uh, got together and they had a vision too. And Christ did come, but he didn't come to the earth. He came into heaven and he finished up his atonement by making it applicable universally. Now, that's pretty strange. But th that was all the name of saying he wasn't wrong. We are a true movement of God. And so Ellen White became the leader of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let me say this, and I say it with all humility and grace. She'd have been better off if she stayed home and cooked cornbread. She really would have. She's a smart woman. But she disobeyed God by teaching, the, Thou shalt not suffer a woman to teach nor usurp authority over the men. And the Seventh-day Adventists are full of women teachers. So that's a real problem. So I'd say to you, lady, make sure if your husband, if your daughter does marry this fellow, that she's a gifted speaker because she's liable to end up the preacher in the church. Uh, so you, had, you have to accept those 28 fundamental doctrines, which include Sabbath keeping. I've had many Seventh-day Adventists tell me, I said to him, if I don't keep the, I don't, I don't, I've said, if I don't keep the Sabbath the way you say I'm supposed to keep it, I do keep it, but not the way you say I'm supposed to, uh, can I go to heaven? And they say, well, now that you know the truth that you're supposed to keep the Sabbath and you don't do it, then you haven't added works to your faith, so therefore your faith is not valid, so no, you won't go to heaven. So they got this kind of thing they work that ends up being work salvation, that you have to keep the Sabbath if you're going to go to heaven. Unless you don't know about it, and then, then you can make it in. 
But once you find out, then you don't keep it. Now, I don't know that all Seventh-day Adventists are that way, but I have had several of them, maybe more than several, who came at me that way. Now, I don't, I don't know that that's representative of the church as a whole. Uh, so there's uh, several things. And then also, they teach that uh, salvation is a result of imputed and imparted righteousness. That's the terms they use, imputed and imparted. I think I dealt with that a week or two ago. Now, the concept of imputed righteousness is that it's not our righteousness. It doesn't happen in us. It happened in Jesus Christ. He did the righteousness. It's given to our account, and that's what saves us. But they say that it's not only the imputed righteousness, but it's also imparted righteousness so that we actually start doing right. So that forms the basis of our salvation. Now, I have seen a trend away from that practically in the Seventh-day Adventist church. But if you truly believed that, you wouldn't be saved because you'd be trusted, trusting in God's work in you rather than God's work for you. God's work in me has never risen to the level that I could go to heaven. What God has done through me and exercised in changing me and making me righteous is not enough to get me into heaven. I'm getting into heaven on something that took place before I was born. That is the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is my only way into heaven. So I would say to this mother, I think her name was Sherry. Uh, yeah, Sherry. Ask your Seventh-day Adventist suitor some questions. Read this, get online, look this up, read it, and ask him, how you get to heaven, if it's based on the imputed righteousness of Christ or if it's imparted righteousness. If it's imparted, ask him if he's had enough imparted to him so that he's on his way to heaven. That's a very critical question to ask. Most of them will tell you, no, not yet. Well, if you died, where would you go? Well, I don't know. That person's not saved yet, not born again. Uh, so if, the, if he's still in that mode Check him out and find out. Because it doesn't matter if he's a Baptist. If he's not born again, you don't want them to get married. So ask that question. Uh, so that's uh, Seventh-day Adventist occult. Nope. But uh, a lot of other churches are not cults either, and there's not one out of 100 people in them that are saved. So that's not really the issue. The issue is that particular man, where's his heart with God? How does he stand with the Scriptures? with his personal salvation and his sanctification. You better ask him if he's doing pornography. That's a lot more relevant. 